Warning. <laughs> Warning. <laughs> They can use whatever you said against you. Oh, no. That's... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Honda. And this is episode 34. Dun, dun, dun. Hey, wait, one of my friends got the COVID vaccine. Like, she got vaccinated. Oh, why? Um, She works in healthcare. I think oh, she, okay. she works as one of those like lab techs at a hospital. I'm not very sure. But she tweeted out that she just got her vaccination and I was like, oh my god! Like, nice. that's so interesting. So I, like, asked her about it and she said that, um... So they injected her the same way you get injected when you're in, like, primary school. Like, it's just an injection. And then she had to sit aside for, like, 30 minutes to see if she had, like, mm. any adverse reactions. So I asked her, like, oh, like, um... How soon does the vaccine kick in? And then she said, oh, um, there's like a second one to take. Mm-mm. Yeah, and then after that, like, it kicks in, I the, think. Because it's the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, so after that. So I was like, wow. Because right now, Singapore is um, vaccinating in phases. So they started off with, they started off with um, healthcare workers. Um, then after that, I think they're going to do army personnel. And right now, they're also like slowly... Uh, vaccinating elderly people mm, I think I don't know which phase they're in But the dormitory workers also They are priority mm. Because of their living conditions Yeah But At the same time It's like Wow okay We've got like this vaccine Um, There's also like A, a lot of like controversy In the sense where like A lot of people um, Seem to be very Suspicious of the vaccine A lot of countries have this problem Yeah um, A lot of people are just like Oh you know Like so many people died And I'm like Okay um, How Where did you get this sauce And they're like Some Some like Doctors Coming out And they're like Oh you know like This vaccine is not very good You shouldn't get vaccinated And then like You look into these doctors And they're like Anti-vaxxers and whatever And you're like <laughs> I don't know. As in, like, none of us are here to, like, preach to you and be like, hey, you should get vaccinated. But, like, I guess it's important to do your own research and it's important to see, like, your, like your like check your check your sources to make sure that it's, like, not from some, <laughs> like, clearly unreliable person. Like, of course, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're going to, like, not want people to take this vaccine. So, like, why go listen to this person? And if the website says I hate vaccines.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate vaccines.com. Yeah, so I think that's quite interesting. Also, um this afternoon I saw this like post on Twitter where it was like talking about um like the top 10 countries that handled the COVID pandemic like really well. And like Singapore was not on the list. I was like <laughs> I feel like it has more to do with the power of the country. I, I don't know. Um, because like the, the first one was New Zealand. Okay, so New Zealand, I can understand. And afterwards, I think it was like... 
Was it Vietnam? Vietnam is a bit suspicious. Okay, Vietnam right now, like, it's kind of sad because they had like a relapse. Because uh, there's a bunch of people who got infected and it's like, mm. they had a like a, a long time actually, a few months of yeah. like no cases. And yeah, and like Australia was on the list. Um, yeah, like, one part of Australia has no mask. They don't wear masks anymore. Yeah, um, my brother's friend studies in Australia and he was saying that it's not mandatory to wear masks there. Like where he is, so I'm like, yeah, like different parts of Australia, like it's different, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Taiwan why is not on the list? Mm, Taiwan is on the list, I think. Taiwan it's... should be number one, though. I don't know how do they do this? Why is Singapore yeah, on the why, list? You no, know, that's why I feel like it has to, it, it's not like based on facts, like these kind of lists, mm, they're probably mm. pandering to something, you know. Well, it was done by. Australian researchers or something. No researchers. I don't know who it was, but anyway, definitely Taiwan oof. should be top two. Yeah. Did anyway? I'm kind of peeved that Singapore wasn't on the list because I think Singapore handled the situation like really well, considering. Mm. Yeah, we we had moments where, uh, things seemed to get bad, but I feel like response was quite swift and quite quick. And the case to death ratio is yes, like, and quite amazing. That's the thing. Like we've got, I think, less than fifty. No, I think it's even less than thirty. Deaths, right? I was yeah. I think it was only twenty something, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I think it's around there. Yeah. So it's am- quite quite amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, mm, maybe Singapore no, recently <laughs> the spike in. Like imported cases, it's kind of scary, but <laughs> yeah. But then, like, I have to remind myself that these people are like they come from overseas, yeah. So, um, as long as when they come to Singapore, like they are quarantined and like adhere to quarantine guidelines and everything, it's like it's fine. The only thing you don't it's, want is like yeah, a rogue it's quite a person. Few yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of loopholes with because, like, you know, when they reach Changi, right? Mm-hmm. And then they can use any toilet in Changi, and those toilets can be used by like Singaporeans, like you know, like or like you know, normal oh, wow. people. Wow. Okay. Who didn't come into the country, or like they can go into Seven Eleven and buy stuff. So like they do, they can come into contact with locals. Wow. Um, Changi so group, like if you're hearing this, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to contain though. Like, oh well, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we live in troubling times, but we should not be troubled. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> um. You try to be wise and then <laughs> yes um try to be wise beyond my years old you are old but <laughs> okay <laughs> okay well um honda would you like to tell us your story i'm cutting to this so that she doesn't like burn me even more because um i'm fragile and small thank you
Okay. <laughs> okay, so today's case is about a man called Robert Hansen. It doesn't ring any bell, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like Robert and Hansen, I know them, I know separately. Uh, <laughs> actually no okay you know what I it feels like like there's a part of my brain that feels like I've heard of it or something mm-hmm. but also at the same time it's the same feeling that for me is often always wrong so I don't know okay so Robert Christian Hansen was an American serial killer and he was active between 1971 to 1983. He abducted, raped, and reportedly murdered 17 women in and around Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, well, okay. We're carrying on with the theme of kidnapping and rape, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but like, you, know, you may not have heard of him, but like this case is like out of a movie. It feels like out of movie and it also feels like an episode of Criminal Minds. Oh my god. Okay, speaking of Criminal Minds, um, I'm sorry. I can never watch the later seasons after like the OG cast started to leave. It just, it was never yeah, the I same. Yeah, I reached to the most recent season, but I haven't continued. Because oh. <laughs> Reed and... JJ had some love interesting going on. I was just like, no. Nope. Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> if anyone hasn't watched, um, yeah. But I don't know what will happen with that 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 storyline. But oh, like, I was do like, you know? No. I went to Google what happened just to find out because I was so curious. Uh-huh. You know, I'll tell you what happened like after after we record the podcast because um, <laughs> you would also be like, are you kidding me? Oh no. Okay. okay. So, the media called him the Butcher Baker. And do you want to know why? (laughs) Okay, don't tell me he, like, cooked his victims. He baked them (laughs) into, like, bread. Okay, not that. But, anyway. I mean, it's still... Like, his crimes are still, like... Like, wow. But... So, he didn't bake them into bread? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) You can oh write your own God. crime fiction story. Okay, sure. <laughs> Let us know if you would buy a book about a killer who bakes his like victims into bread. So, he would transport his victims to the Alaskan wilderness. And then, he would let them go. And he would track them down and kill them. He would hunt down his victims... Like, you know, like they were animals. Like, like wild game. Shit. Yeah. So that's why I say it sounds like a Criminal Minds episode. I feel like I've watched this before. Yeah, I feel like I've watched a movie at least where like this was the plot. Mm. Oh my god, okay. Okay, so let's delve into his background. He was born on February 15, 1939 in Esterville, Iowa. And he was known to be really shy. And he had a stutter and severe acne, which probably made him even more shy. So he had a bad relationship with his father and because he was very strict. And he also picked up hunting and archery as a form of refuge. 
Well, okay. Well, interesting. Yeah, and he was, he was made to work at his family bakery until like 2am every night. Oh, dude, that is... <laughs> oh, no. Child labor. Yeah. No wonder he baked and... his victims to bread. Sure, Chris. <laughs> so, in 1957, he enlisted in the United States Army Reserve and was discharged after a year. He then worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy and began a relationship with a younger woman who he married in the summer of 1960. Okay. So, before he started his killings in 1972, he was arrested in 1960 for burning down a school bus garage as a form of revenge for his unpopularity in high school. <laughs> I knew you would laugh here. No! No, instead of like going to his high school reunion, like 10-year high school reunion and like cussing out everyone, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to burn down this bus garage. I'm sure everyone will get the message. So he served 20 months in his three-year prison sentence and he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm. And the psychiatrist also noted that he had an infantile person- personality because he was obsessed with getting back at people who wronged him. Oh, hence infantile personality. Yeah. Okay. I genuinely thought it was going to be like... um. Like, he was, like, disabled in the sense that he had, like, the mental capacity of a child. Oh, okay. <laughs> Infantile personality, literally, he's <laughs> calling him a child. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine, like, you go into, like, your your therapist and you're like, oh my god, like, I want to revenge on all the people that, like, ever wronged me. And then, like, your therapist writes down and they're like... I'm diagnosing you with an infantile personality. And you're like, oh my god, a legit diagnosis. And then like the <laughs> therapist is like, no, you're a child. Because <laughs> experts say that why he did his killings was because he was rejected a lot in high school. Oh dear God. Um oof. This mm-hmm. is the sign for everyone out there who had a rough <laughs> school life like this is your sign to talk to someone about it this is therapy. it yeah therapy so at this time his wife had divorced him after only six months of marriage oh no for her but after being released he remarried again how is this guy like rejected in life and then in marriage and oh god okay but you know what didn't reject him? The bread. The bakery. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, he also began stealing after he left prison, but was not charged for the thefts. Mm-hmm. Interesting. In 1967, he and his wife left for Alaska as they felt they needed a new start. So, and they also opened his uh, own bakery which is why he was also, he was known as the butcher baker. Oh. Cuz he's a literal baker. Gosh dang it. I feel like him 
breaking his victims would have like had a better ring to it, but what will you call his like <laughs> creations? Meat pie or something. Oh <laughs> <laughs> he was suspiciously called them red velvet because <gasps> red in color. Oh my god. I mean like there was this one case where this lady like murdered people and like she turned them into like soap <laughs> and she sold it to people so yeah. yeah baking baking victims is not like super out there and with the Alaskan wilderness he was able to hone his hun- hunting skills and he also had set records for his hunting wow okay but then, in 1971, he found that he liked to hunt a particular type of living being. Amazing. <laughs> in 1971, he was arrested twice for the abduction and attempted rape of a woman and for raping a sex worker. However, he pleaded no contest to assault with a deadly weapon on the woman, so the rape charge of the sex worker was dropped as part of the plea bargain. Just very shitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was sentenced to five years but was released after six months due to a book release program and was released to a halfway house. Okay. Yeah, so I'll go over his MO. So Hansen would pick up his sex workers or exotic dancers and he would lure them by saying that he'll pay them for sex. But then he would drive them out of town and then threaten them with a gun. Oh, also. He would also take them to a hotel in a remote location where the woman would be raped and tortured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is not all. He would put the woman in his car or plane and take them to remote locations where he would hunt the woman like they're a game. Yeah. There are 17 known victims and it is known that he raped and assaulted over 30 women. Oh my god. There may be more victims, and some of the bodies of these victims are still not found. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll go over the like details of the 17 victims. So the first one is Celia Beth Van Zanten, age 17. She went missing in 1971, December 22nd. But Hansen denied killing her, but is suspected. And I will say later on why it's suspected. Okay. And Another victim, Megan Emmerich, 17 years old, went missing in uh, 1973. And same details as Celia, like denied killing, but is suspected. Mm-hmm. Mary Thill, 22, went missing in 1975, July 5th. Hansen also denied killing her, but is suspected. Roxanne Eastland, 24, went missing in 1980, June 28th. Um, They don't know when she was killed and she has not been found. But Hanson confessed to killing her. But yeah, her body was never found. I think it's always like so devastating when you can't find the body of the victim. Because it's like on the family's end, you can't really say goodbye like I think it's just so heartbreaking when you have to have like a empty casket at a funeral. Mm. But also like when I was reading about the case, I feel like the police 
didn't really make an effort to find for everybody. Because, you know, some of them are sex workers and they came from out of state. So, you know, a lot of them, they were just determined to not be missed. Wow. Oh, wow. Am I surprised? No. I'm not surprised. The next victim, Joanne Messina, 24, went missing in early July 1980. And body was found in late July 1980. Her body was badly decomposed and was found in a gravel pit. Lisa Futrell, 41 years old, went missing in September 6, 1980, found in 1984. Her body was found just south of Old Nick Bridge. Sherry Morrow, 23 years old, went missing in 1981, November 17. She was found in 1982, September 12, and she was found in a shallow grave on the bank of the Nick River. She had been shot in the back, but there were no bullet holes in her clothing, suggesting that she had been shot while nude. And then redress before being buried. Oh my god. So he would let them go naked and then hum them down while they were running naked. What the shit? Yeah, so it's really really treating them like animals. Oh my god. Andrea Altieri, 22, went missing in 1981, December 22nd. Uh... Body not found. Hanson confessed to killing her. Sue Luna, 23 years old, went missing in 1982, May 26th. Found Her body was found in April 24, 1984. She was stripped nude and forced to run through the forest while Hanson hunted her like an animal. Then she was shot to death. Delin Sugar Frey, 20 years old. Um, when she went missing is not identified. Eh? It's not found out, but her body was found in 1985. Her mm-hmm. body was found by a pilot testing new tires on the sandbar of the Nick River. Paula okay. Golding, 17 years old. April, uh, she went missing on April 25th, 1983. She was found in, yeah, she was found in 1983 as well. <sighs> she was found in a shallow grave on the bank of the Nick River. She had been shot in the back, but there were no bullet holes. So it's the same as like uh, Sherry Morrow. There were no bullet holes in her clothing. So, you know, she had been shot while nude. Malai Larson, 28. Um, date unknown of when she went missing, but she was found in 1984. Teresa Watson, age unknown. Went missing unknown. <laughs> she was found in 1984. Oh, God. Angela Fudden. Uh, 24 she, her, the date when she went missing was also unknown but she was found in 1984 Tamara Tammy Pedersen 20 years old date of when missing unknown she was found in 1984 yeah, so there's two victims where the names are unknown so they're like names just given to the victims I don't know oh, why God. this name was given to this victim but this victim, Horseshoe Harriet, uh, 19 to 20 years old. Date Horseshoe? Went missing. <laughs> I know. Date went missing, unknown, but found in 1984. Another one, Eklutna Annie, um, age is presumed to be between 16 to 25. Went missing, unknown, but found in 1980. She had been stabbed in the back, and by the time her body was discovered, it was in a shallow grave. 
and it had been partially eaten by wild animals. Oh my god. I think what's really getting to me is the fact that he like he had them undress mm. and then he hunted them. Like it's very dehumanizing. Yeah, but it's also it's almost as if you reduce the person to their most animal form, mm. which is like purely just human form. Like you have no clothes. Because clothes in a way is kind of like domestic. Mm. Yeah, you reduce them to an animal and then you like hunt them the same way you would for deer. Mm. It's just so horrible. Mm. Yeah, so the last victim I'm going to mention, Cindy Paulson, 17 years old. She went missing on 1980, June 13th. She was kidnapped, tortured, and raped. But she managed to escape. Oh so my she's god. she's a sole survivor. And she is the key to catching Hanson. Wait. Why did what? you say that in, like, present tense? No. <laughs> Yeah, but she was key to catching him. Oh, okay, okay. Because, like, a part oh of me is just like, holy shit, is this guy still on the loose? Oh, God. <laughs> this is like, If he was still on the loose, he'll be, like, 75 years old and still in the forest. Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> shit. Back to me having no concept of time, I guess. <laughs> the way this happened in the 70s, like, completely just flew over my head. Oh, gosh. So, on June 13, 1983, she had been offered $200 to perform oral sex. And when she got into the car, um, this was where Hanson pulled out a gun and drove her to his home. He then tortured and raped her. And Cindy would later say to investigators that she had been chained in the basement. And after the torture and rape, he brought her to the airport. She saw a chance to escape when Hanson had been loading stuff into the cockpit of the airplane and his back was turned towards her. Cindy then crawled out of the back seat and opened the, the door of the car and ran towards the nearby 6th Avenue. Oh my she also, gosh. Yeah, she also left her sneakers in the car as evidence that she had been in the car. Oh, wow. No, mm. it's just... It's so crazy that... Like, she had to prove that she was in the car. Because it's always the off chance that nobody's going to believe her story. Yeah. Because she's a sex worker. Yeah, precisely because she's a sex worker. Because, you know, like, one of the things that can always be brought up in defense during, like, the trial is that she willingly went there. Mm. And then now she's running away. Like, it's just... Ugh. You'll see, you'll see. Oh no, okay. Yeah, Hanson noticed she got out of the car and started chasing her. But Cindy managed to flag down a passing truck and the driver of the truck stopped and let her into the truck and drove her to Mush Inn where she ran inside. And inside the inn, she asked the counter person to phone the boy- her boyfriend working at Big Timber Hotel. Hmm... The truck driver uh, called the police and made a report about the woman who was handcuffed and barefoot. And the police officers arrived at the Mush Inn but found that Cindy had taken a cab to Big Timber Hotel. 
So when the police arrived at the hotel, they brought her into the headquarters for questioning. Okay. Yeah, so there she described the perpetrator and her ordeal. And, you know, because she was able to, like, really detail who tried to, like, abduct her. Mm-hmm. The police, you know, um, found Hanson and questioned him. But Hanson denied the allegation and made it seem as though Cindy was making false claims because she wanted to extort him. Of course. Of course. And this is, like, the frustrating part. The police hadn't considered... Hanson as a serious suspect because he was seen as a quiet baker and had an alibi. Yes, the meek baker with with a pimply face can never do such harm. Uh, this is so frustrating. Yeah, it's like last yeah. week's case. You know, like precisely. It's like you look at a person and you're like, "Oh yeah, no, this person could never do any wrong." I mean, and they don't believe the victims. Precise. Ugh. Listen, okay. Statistically, right? People who are victims who are not actually victims who are like exploiting, extorting, or whatever, whatever, whatever the people that they're trying to like hold the case against is so small like the percentage is legitimately so tiny compared to legitimate victims but everyone likes to focus on like the tiny percentage of people that like lie about their circumstances it's so frustrating yeah i mean at least do a serious investigation before you like come to that conclusion precisely like okay listen all right understandably right um to do an investigation takes a lot of money and resources. But mm. you would rather have a situation where, like, the thing is a false alarm instead of it being a valid case where somebody actually needed your help. Mm. It's just ugh, so frustrating. Mm. Yeah, just despite his record of breaking, like, the law many times. But the case went cold anyways. Wow. However, there was a team of investigators that were looking into the bodies that were discovered in the area. Because up until that point, there had been, you know, the bodies that were discovered on there mm-hmm. in different parts. Yeah. And Detective Glenn Floth contacted Agent Douglas from the FBI so that they can have a criminal pro- profile of the person responsible. Oh, there's some criminal mind I know. shit. I got so excited oh my when I read gosh, that okay. <laughs> Listen, profiling so Agent, is just so interesting. But yeah, the profile is quite amazing because Agent Douglas deduced that the killer was an experienced hunter with low self-esteem and <gasps> had a history of being rejected by women and is most likely to keep trophies from his victims. And I don't know how... But Agent Douglas also suggested that the killer might have a stutter. Oh <laughs> my god, how is it so specific? No Usually idea. it's like, like oh, you know, um, all those things. And then they'll be like, oh, you know, maybe like a history of like bedwetting or like whatever. But wow, a st- how? Hmm. So, like, with the profile and Cindy testimony, um, 
Detective Floth and the Alaska Police Department were able to secure a warrant to search Hanson's plane, car, and home. Wow. Wow. On October 27, 1983, investigators uncovered jewelry belonging to the woman and and they found his stash of weapons. They also found a map with X marks on it and investigators were able to uncover bodies where the X marks were. However, there were 24 X's on the map, but Hansen will only confess to killing 17 women. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so Hansen still continued to deny and he tried to blame the victims. But in the end, he confessed and admitted to assaulting women since 1971. Okay. So, yeah, moving on to like what he was charged with. He was charged with assault, kidnapping, weapon offenses, theft and insurance fraud. He agreed to a plea bargain and... Uh, another frustrating part. He pleaded guilty to only four homicides, as the police only had evidence for four victims, and provided, and yeah, and as part of the plea bargain, he provided details about the other victims. And in return for this, like, um, pleading guilty, he would serve his sentence in a federal p- prison, and no publicity in the press. Um, that's a pretty huge bargain. Mm. Yeah, so as he agreed you know, to the terms of the plea bargain, he confirmed with the police about how he lured his victims and showed 17 grave sites where out of the 17, 12 had been unknown to the police. Wow, shit. He was sentenced to 461 years and life in prison without the possibility of parole. He died on August 21, uh, 2014 at age 75 due to his health. Wow. You know, remember how I said this case that reminded me of a Criminal Minds episode? Mm-hmm. Turns out that his name had been mentioned in the show before on Season 5, Episode 21. So I'm going to go watch that later. Wow. Okay, like, where have I heard of Richard Hansen as well? So, remember I mentioned the FBI agent, John mm-hmm. Douglas? He's actually a well-known figure. And... He was the one who wrote the famous book Mindhunter inside the FBI's elite serial crime unit. And yes, and this is the book that was adapted into the Netflix show Mindhunter. And and he's also the founding member of the FBI's Behavioral Analysis Unit, the BAU. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so ex- I'm like more excited about this part. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, okay, people out there who like enjoy criminal minds, like, are you freaking out as well? Oh my goodness. Listen, profiling is so interesting mm. because it can go so right or so terribly wrong. Mm. Oh my goodness. I feel like reading, finding that book. Oh my, um, I bet it's so dry. <laughs> I mean, because oh they gosh. interviewed like really like, like infamous people. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I, I know you've been like trying to get me to watch Mindhunter, like to continue watching it. 
for the longest time. Maybe I'll pick it up again. I mean, no, it gets better. It starts off dry, but it gets better because like the people they have to interview, like the actors are really good. I know. I've seen. Like I, I saw pictures where like the um put the actor's face, comparing it to the actual person, and it's just they did such a good job with casting as well. Mm. Maybe I'll give it a chance. But wow! Oh my gosh! I'm still like flabbergasted at the way the uh, profiler managed to like say that the the perpetrator had and had a stutter. Like, how mm. are you that specific? I guess because he um deduced that he had lower self esteem, so something should. He triggering but I don't know how he pinpointed stutter yeah like out of all things like he could have pinpointed like the acne or like maybe he was bullied in school but it was just mm. maybe it was off the what was her name the the last victim Cindy Paulson. Cindy yeah maybe she mentioned okay you know what it's just so interesting Mm. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> Oof. Well, that that was a great story, Honda. Mm. You know how I come up with this case? How? How? Tell me. Tell us. Reddit. <laughs> Listen. Reddit's like serial killer subreddit is just... I have so many saved posts from there. Mm. Also like, the discussions under like yeah are very very interesting and engaging like a lot of people have like a lot of like possibly um unnecessary uh information and knowledge about these killers and like it just makes me think hey the both (laughs) of us have all this unnecessary like knowledge about these killers so uh what do we use them for? Well, we have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and the post had a picture of Robert Hansen, which I'll probably post like on Instagram next week. Of, of him like with his hunting rifle. Oh my god. Like, he was going hunting. A picture of him going hunting. He also had like a type, like a specific age range. They were like from 70 to 24, right? There was one 41-year-old. Oh, I mean... But yeah... Not all his victims were sex workers, actually. Interesting. Like, Interesting. His, his earlier victims were not. Yeah. I feel like I've watched something where, like, a girl was running away from being, like, hunted down. Like, like a legit I'm hunt. I'm sure there's criminal minds. I don't know if it's criminal minds. My memories are all like merged together and like super foggy. Yeah. This is the photo I saw. Oh my god. He really has a lot of hunting He was posing gear. for... Yeah, he was posing for like a hunting magazine. And you can even see like the trophy from the animal he caught on his back. Oh my god. Like the horns. Listen, I'm not a fan of like hunting for sport either way like please leave the animals alone mm. 
unless you're using them for food, but like <laughs> yeah, unless you're using them for sustenance. Other than that, like I think the emphasis is on sport. Like don't hunt them for sport. I mean, there are some reputable organizations that hunt. But they hunt according to the number of like animals. Like they think about the conservation of the animals. Oh yeah, but I mean, uh, hunting for game is a bit. Uh... Yeah, I mean, even though you mentioned that they look at the numbers or whatever, it still seems a bit iffy. Yeah, that's why. So, <laughs> well, I mean, um. Maybe they're trying to like get rid of like invasive species, but at the same time, like there are ways of getting rid of invasive species like naturally. Like there's a whole island in Japan where like they had a rat problem, so they released a bunch of cats, and now they have a cat problem. But at least they got rid of all the rats. <laughs> Do you want rats or cats, Chris? Uh oh my god! The other day, um. I I came home after bringing Leo to the vet and like I was walking to the elevator and there was this like little drain. You know those drains where it's just like a hole uh-huh. on the ground? Oh, yeah. It's not like those metal grid. Yeah, I saw something run into it and I was like, oh my god, it's a rat! <laughs> oh my god. Okay, listen. Sewer rats? Disgusting. <laughs> Stay away from me. Domestic rats? Come to me, cutie pies. Listen, okay, everyone. <laughs> I'm here to tell you about the domestic rat agenda. Listen, domestic rats are super cute, intelligent, and they're like they're like mini dogs. Okay, so like domestic rats can learn their name. Learn tricks. They can recognize you. They are super intelligent and super cute. So they're like mini mini dogs. Yeah. So uh, if anyone is considering getting a pet rat, a domestic rat is like a fantastic pet to have. Why don't you try and bring them home? See what happens. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we had a friend who had pet rats. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, we did know somebody who had pet rats. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> she brought them to school too, and it yeah. was very questionable. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. I feel like this is such a weird place to end off our podcast. Being like, "Hey, we knew a girl who had brats, and she brought it to school. Like, she would like let them out in the middle of lectures, and like there was this one time." Where like this um, guest came to our school, and like she got up to ask him a question, and her rat started to crawl out of her bag. So her friends had to like they were literally like trying to like catch the rats to prevent them oh, from I running away. About that. Yeah, and <laughs> it was so funny because like she's out there like asking a question. All the teachers are completely oblivious, except for like us who could see the rats, and we were just like, "Holy shit!" Like, um, absolute clownery. And then during like breaks, she would like let the rats out to crawl on like the tables and stuff. And 
canteen tables. Yeah, like canteen tables where people eat at, and it was kind of questionable. I mean, I know they're pet rats, but like. <laughs> Mm, I mean, okay, so listen, rats are actually very clean. Like, domestic yeah, rats they are. are very clean. But it's just that, you know, not everyone is comfortable. Yeah, not everyone <laughs> is like comfortable with seeing like yeah, rats. Leave them at home. home. Don't bring them to school. Don't put them in your bag. That's so like. <laughs> poor thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why she brought the rats to school, but like. It made me think of like emotional support animals. Like Leo is an emotional support rabbit for me. But like the thing is, right? Singapore doesn't um recognize emotional support animals. So for example, in the US, right? Um, you can get certification for your pet if it functions as a as an emotional support animal, which yeah, like your psychiatrist has to like um certify it or whatever. And then for example, if you go to buy an apartment and the apartment is like, oh, no pets allowed, like you can use your certification and like your 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 land lady or land ma- gentleman. What is the opposite landlord. of landlord? Landlord! <laughs> oh my god! Land lady, land gentleman. <laughs> I thought you were trying to be like gender inclusive for like the word no. landlord. I'm just like, no, you forgot. <laughs> Okay, landlady or landlord cannot, like, turn you away. But Singapore doesn't allow that. So, like, even in the US, like, if you have um, an emotional support animal, you can bring them into places, like, some places where animals are usually not allowed. But they still have a lot of limitations, so they're not, like, um, uh, they're not, like, therapy animals. So like your guide dogs and whatnot, um, those are like they have like a lot more legality to them, whereas emotional support animals don't. Singapore doesn't really like recognize it, so we can't do anything, even with an mm. emotional support animal. So all we can do is be like, hey, this is my dog. It offers me emotional support. Yeah. I don't know why I just started talking about emotional support animals, but okay, um, outro time. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at HGU Podcast. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, don't get into random cars. <laughs> Even if the dude seems really nice, don't do it.